poker's legendary champions, next generation stars, and tireless ambassadors of the game, sharing their wisdom and guiding your journey to high achievement on the green felt. This is Tactical Tuesday on Chasing Poker Greatness with your hosts, Brad Wilson and John Chai. Today on Tactical Tuesday, I am joined by resident online poker killer and three bet pot wonderkind, Mr. John Chai. And, you know, kind of prefacing the, the three bet pot wonderkind aspect of this because we're, we're going to be facing some tough decisions. And if, if they're tough for you, then I imagine that they're going to be tough for the listener and the audience. So I'm pretty excited to hop into these hands. Yeah. Nice. I think what's cool about these hands too is that they're pretty tough decisions, but they actually pop up with some degree of regularity. You know, it's like, it's like a common, a relatively common spot that I think um, a lot of the viewers and listeners are going to find themselves in. Perfect. So no, no fat today in Tactical Tuesday's intro. We're going to dive right into the hands. So John, you want to break down the action in hand number one? Yeah. So we're playing 510. We're five-handed. I'm in the cutoff with pocket tens going to be opening to $25. Action gets folded around to the blinds, the small blind. Um, there's about 100 big blinds effective, three bets to 100. A little bit on the small side, but nothing nothing really crazy to talk about here. Not going to be doing anything but flatting here with pocket tens, never going to be folding, never going to be four betting. Yeah, when you take out folding and four betting from your available actions, calling, I don't think you have much of a choice. Yeah, going to call and try to flop a 10. You didn't do it. You failed the mission. But you did flop an overpair, which is pretty nice on Deuce 4-4 yeah. Rainbow. So all things considered, not can't complain. Not definitely not a 10 or or you know anything super exciting, but overpair is, is the second best thing. Um Yeah. It, it, it could be ace, ace King Deuce, right? Like that's could it could have been that. I think this is better yeah. than that. That's true. Um, that's true. Two ten in the pot. Villain's got nine hundred behind. They see bet and they go big, which is already interesting. Mm. Not shocked to see huge on this board. I think kind of when you when I think about the small blinds range in this spot, their three betting range on four four deuce is going to be a whole bunch of overpairs and a whole bunch of suited broadways that are, you know, king high, queen high, ace high, like that that type of stuff. And then maybe a small, small amount of, uh, you know, trips where he has like some ace four suited three bets from the, from the small blind. But um, generally, I expect his range to to be polar to over pairs and um, a lot of, a lot of nothings. Maybe like two overs with a backdoor flush draw type hands. And so, um, not shocked to see the size on four four deuce rainbow. Um, obviously, my hand is going to be way too good to to give up at this point. Um, so sure. just locked into peeling this one fifty five. Right. And, you know, villain is going to have, you know, the nut advantage here. Like they're just going to have more equity in the range, like top end equity, aces, kings, queens. Um, you know, you're going to four bet pretty much m most of those, uh, most of those hands pre flop. So, mm -hmm. like tens is one of the better hands that you have. You may flat the three bet with like ace four suited um, and deuces. I guess you do have deuces in your range, whereas they probably don't have deuces. So you have those, but by and large, combinatorically speaking, they just have uh, 
the overpayer advantage and that gives them the right to go ahead and bet really, really big here. We don't have a ton of hands in our range that want to face big, that want to call this bet. We have way more hands that want to call like a third. So it just makes sense all around. And yeah, you're, you're right. There's nothing you can do because like jacks, tens, um, queens, going to be some of the very best hands that you have in this scenario. So you absolutely have to start defending here on the flop. Um, with all that said, you call. There's 520 in the pot. Villain has 749 behind. The turn is the seven of clubs. So still maintain your overpair. And Villain decides to check. So sort of interesting that they have 750 left, 520 in the pot. Really interesting decision here on the turn. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> okay, so if we kind of take their range that I assume was C-betting and flop and take it over to the turn, they still have all the overpairs. The overpairs are still the overpairs. Now some of their backdoor flush draws and overs have improved to uh, an actual flush, flush draw with overs. I hand like queen jack of clubs or jack ten of clubs, for example. Um, and now a whole bunch of their hands are king jack of spades. Their ace ten of diamonds have been... Um, Kind of demoted or lost, lost, uh, lost a little bit of their equity when they don't um, improve to a, an actual flush draw or a gut shot or or something like that on the turn. Um, it's really, really hard for me to say what their checking strategy looks like on on this turn card with any degree of certainty. It wouldn't be shocking to me if they uh, checked range, I think, and just left one point five x SPR on the river and and just polarized, just took a, a bet check bet line where they um, polarized the flop in the river and they say, hey, basically it's up to you to figure out whether I have enough bluffs or, uh, you know, enough over pairs, um, you know, with this river jam. Um, wouldn't be shocked if they were playing a strategy that uh, checked hands like queen jack of diamonds on the turn, but would continue barreling a hand like queen jack of clubs. Um, I don't know how they decide to split which over pairs they check and which over pairs they uh, continue betting with that strategy, um, which is that's that's I think that's like that's what I was most scared of was like running into that strategy and kind of being miscalibrated versus um, versus someone who has like a you know a, re a a reasonable betting and checking strategy on this turn. Um, it's also pretty scary to face the overbet on the river with pocket tens and sort of just be completely guessing on you know lots and lots of rivers. Um, so. What that opens the door for, I think, for me and my thought process was like, huh, maybe there's an option to bet the turn small here um, and check back the river, not get check raised. One of the concerns with that is that if they do, if they are checking range on the turn, they it's pretty easy, natural for them to come up with like a check range, uh, check raise strategy, which is something well, I would do something along the lines of over pairs and and turn flush draws. Um, so, yeah, just a lot of different things going through my mind here with pocket tens. Um, they'll main decision for me is should I check back the turn or or put out some sort of bet here? Can I value bet my hand here? Um, that's something that I've, I haven't even really talked about. Um, so yeah, that's this is where I need help. Yeah, it's there's a lot going on here on the turn. Um, like it, it, it feels like, yeah, I, I guess it really is a, a tough turn decision. Um, you're the, the intro had it right because there, there's many different directions you could go, right? Like, because I see I, I see the small bet on the turn. Like one, one thing that kind of goes through my mind here, once they big bet the flop and you call, is that a lot of their aces through jacks and probably aces through queens, I would expect, have really a lot of incentive to keep betting the turn. Because you're not just like calling the flop, that big flop C bet with nothing. 
So like you, you generally have an overpair when you call the big flop C bet, right? So like when they have top of range, checking doesn't really make a ton of sense. Like they could bet a third on the turn and get called like every single time by all of your overpairs and always get value. They don't have to like, you know, go for this like turn checks through river overbet jam line because they could just capture that value like straight away right now. And I think that's ultimately like in my mind where I would land as it relates to like, what line am I going to take? Um, I would have the thought that their value has a lot of incentive to bet the turn. They're not betting the turn. So I don't mind checking back and just bluff catching pretty much any river because I think there's value removal here based on their check. Um, and I, I think that's where I would land. But again, there, there's a solid argument for betting as well because they have hands like, you know, the King Queens, the King Jacks. Um, I guess the the other side of that argument is, you know, if you feel like you, a lot of that value is washed out, you could just bet small and call all in and feel pretty good about that too. So like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think you have options, but the main key in my mind is like, I feel like their overpairs would bet the turn at a pretty big clip once you call the big flop C bet. And so now I'm feeling pretty comfortable about tens. However, which way I want to play it, I'm not sure. Kind of dealer's choice, whether you bet small, call all in, whether you check behind and bluff catch. Um, but yeah, I would feel pretty good about being in this spot right now. Why do you think it's such a no-brainer for the small blinds over pairs to continue betting for value on the turn? Why Why do you think it's less likely that they would take the bet check bet line with the 1.5x river over bet and kind of just say like, hey, look, your, your bluff catchers are still your bluff catchers at the end of the day, you know, good luck, cut off, figure it out. Sure. So what do you do facing a third if you have two fives? Paul. Sixes. Paul. Eights. Right. But what I'm saying is that I, if, <laughs> if I face 1.5x on the on the river, what do I do with two fives and two eights? And... I don't know. But what if the river's an ace? And the action... Yeah, I mean, there's some... Yeah, right? uh, there are definitely some action-killing rivers that the small blind any, would, any would Broadway have to card. worry about with this, with this strategy. Um but you know, on the flip side, they could say like, "Well, if I'm checking range on the turn and they overfold on those Broadway cards, then my bluffs perform really well on the on the rivers. My bet check bet bluffs. Um, they might. Yeah, they're probably going to perform better than. Yeah, 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 yeah. Than, so I guess I'm I'm giving I'm giving <laughs> giving the listener a little bit of insight into like all the fears that were like running running through my mind in this end. And it's pretty crazy to say this, but the small blind checked this spot, and I just felt like the weight of the world on my shoulders. <laughs> suddenly, it was just like, oh my god, I have so much pressure to like get this get this spot right or at least like play play the spot reasonably suddenly sure. and it it felt it felt almost bizarre that like someone could check to me and i could feel like that that level of pressure yeah i mean because because you're still at risk right like that that's the thing yeah. about like them checking the turn is like you're not like off the hook now because they check <laughs> yeah, the turn. like yeah. the, the sbr is such that like the money can still go in and you're acutely aware of that like yeah. when when they have an overpair basically you're probably getting stacked Right. Like, I, I think that it's going to be difficult for you to not get stacked when mm-hmm. with your your exact hand here. Um, and so it's like, OK, like, what is the best way to get stacked? What is the best way for the money to get in here with that enables them to have the maximum amount of low equity hands in their range? Right. Yeah. And yeah. I, I would imagine that, like, a lot of those low equity hands are going to come from. Suited broadways with backdoor flush draws on the flop. So club, club hands, spade, spade, diamond, diamond hands. Um, 
And again, they could they could be checking their overpairs. Like I'm not like I I I wouldn't be like it wouldn't be inconceivable if they somehow showed up with aces or kings. Like that that would be yep. actually it was just like not unexpected. Um yep. so yeah, with with all that said, like again, what do I do? I think I probably check the turn. Um, the river. Check the turn, or I bet something like really annoying for them, like quarter pot or something on the turn that I think like makes that I that I think like puts a lot of pressure on their range and their strategy on the turn because like they're they're gonna have hands like king jack of diamonds um after facing a quarter where they're like oh my god like do i have to peel this like do i have to call with like king queen and just two random overcards should i jam could i bluff like those sorts of questions so yeah Mm -hmm. i think that's like incredibly solid path as well yeah so you'd probably quarter the flop and just call it off you mean sorry quarter the turn and uh excuse me yep if i did if i did bet the turn i would definitely call it off okay there's not a world where i'm not calling it off facing a jam gotcha. um i take option number one and check back the turn do the the original plan <laughs> oh yeah we, we we get the the dream river uh ace of hearts uh, 570 in the right, pot right. ace four four do seven is the final board let, let me go to, let me guess villain jams i <laughs> we ever get checked to in this situation do i ever get to check back pocket do i ever just see the worst river card and and, you know not you know maybe 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 i once in a blue moon realize a a check here that doesn't put the weight of the world on my shoulders i just get to check back but this would not be tactical tuesday if that's what happened Oh, oh is this worse than jam like what yeah they bet 388 and a 520 so they don't go all in. They bet half pot. Um, well, you're getting a better price. <laughs> yeah, I am getting a better price. I don't know how I feel about that, though, which is crazy. Again, it's like... I mean, they, they definitely have, like, you know, ace tray suited, ace five suited. Um, and then maybe if they decide to, like, bet really big with some of their, like, backdoor flush draws, ace X, they have those in their range. I would yep. say, though, that, like, all, a lot of those <laughs> hands that we called out earlier the pseudo broadways um that have backdoor flush draws all of those hands are going to bet this ace like they're yeah there's I, just too many of them right there, there's so many of those yeah and yeah I, I don't i think your hands are tied you, you basically just have to call and yeah if they have ace five they have ace five <laughs> i was planning on calling a jam so like I, <laughs> even on this ace i was planning on calling a jam because I, I i had the same thought process you did where it's just like okay yeah they have some ace x for sure but think about like all the other suited broadways right, that right right get to this spot and so like i just can't fold pocket tens um yeah so on and, and honestly i was happy that they picked this smaller size i was like eh, maybe they bluff maybe they like under bluff slightly when they pick this size instead of jam but i still think they're gonna have more than enough suited broadways to to make calling here with pocket tens yeah. profitable well you call and look at that yay they have the suited broadway the king jack of spades you did it two over two over his backdoor flush draw on the turn or on the flop check the turn where he didn't pick up any equity and then bluffed kind of a mandatory river yeah pretty mandatory i think yeah um there you go we we have successfully untangled hand number one yeah. and Coming up after the break, going to look at another hand with a tough turn decision in a three-butt pot. Stick around.
The CPG Wolves. I'm more organized, I'm more productive, I eat better, I sleep better, I exercise consistently because I just live a more structured life due to this program. Having this much poker brain power in one place is a recipe for great things. My favorite aspect of being a wolf is the sense of community, having that network to bounce ideas off and learn from each other. Poker is a brutal game. <laughs> so yeah, if you're committed to poker, joining CPG Wolves will be the best decision that you can make. The data doesn't lie. We know things that other people don't know. I like it that way. I hate that you're advertising. I hope nobody else ever joins. <laughs> so yeah, I like it. Go to wolftryouts.com to apply. The decision to enter a hand is fundamental to poker strategy. Too tight, and they know what you have. Too loose, and you're easy to run over. Reflop Bootcamp from Chasing Poker Greatness is a comprehensive guide to locking down your preflop game and creating true range advantage. Eight days of guided training, over 60 optimal ranges, and access to a dedicated community of players that will push your preflop game from a place of weakness to your greatest strength. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com slash bootcamp. Available now. All right. Welcome back from the break. We have hand number two in Tactical Tuesdays, Terrible Turn Travesties. Um, I don't know if the listener knows this, but just came up with that on the spot. I know it's crazy, and but it's true. Maybe we should just change the name of the whole show. <laughs> T T T T T. Five, five T's. Um, well, what do we got going on? Let's, uh, on let's see action. what happens on the turn here. I got King Ten of Hearts button. We are playing four handed. Make thirty dollars. Get three bet to one thirty. Got a suited Broadway button versus big blank. Can't can't fold. Yep, probably not folding. Huge flop. Ten five five. Two diamonds. Top pair. Second kicker. Honestly, this is couldn't ask for much more. Um, I wonder what the big blind is going to do. They bet half pot, one thirty one in the two sixty five. So we have another kind of like paired board, but a little bit different makeup than the previous previous mm -hmm. board that was rainbow. This one is two tone, um, with you know the the card being a ten, the high card being a ten. But yeah, big blind is actually going to have some top some top pairs here, unlike the other. Sure. The other spot. Yeah. yeah, they'll have some top pairs. Um, I, I think like half pot is a decent size. I don't see anything wrong with it. it, it it's reasonable. It makes sense. Um, pretty much must continue with like sevens, eights, nines. And if you're going to continue with sevens, eights, nines, well, you sure as heck have to continue with King 10. Um, so you call the bet. Now there's 527 in the pot. Turn is pretty good. Uh, if the flop was quite good the turn is out of this world smashing it's uh the 10 of spades so now there's 527 in the pot the board is double paired 10 10 5 5 with a double flush draw which is like man what what more could you ask for here um in this scenario right like oh i actually have the nutful house 
and I have plenty of draws available that I can rep, and that that's going to make villain's life pretty miserable. Mm-hmm. Sounds like you're advocating for betting the turn when they check. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> With all that said, like, <laughs> hey, you know, let's let's not rush things, right? Like, we, we, don't, we, we don't have to rush 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 our plan here. Like, we we can okay, okay. we right. still ha- maintain the option to to check behind the turn and you know call a river jam i think that option is like pretty reasonable um let me think about this for a second you could bet small and get jammed on by their like flush draws with overcards you could check behind oh boy actually do their flush draws with overcards jam i don't think so on the turn i think they just check call Jamming would be pretty suicidal when you actually do have a 10 and, you know, five, six suited and ace five suited in your range. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's going to be pretty, yeah, I think that's going to dissuade them pretty, pretty well from jamming the turn. Yeah. I think I checked behind on the turn. I, now that I, I verbalize and <laughs> but talk, this double flush draw, crazy situation where we can rep so many draws. And then... Well, hey, we can check behind the turn. River can brick. And they can check again, and we can jam. Right? Like it's not, just, it, it's not, it's not over. Um, just revisiting your previous comments. Yeah, we we have uh, <laughs> we have options like that. We have all kinds of options. Um, oh, the the diamond completed. We got busted spades. Oh, the spade completed. We got busted diamonds. We're <laughs> we're a merchant. We we got something for everything. A bluff merchant. Um. So they check. We have this decision. Interesting that we could turn top boat and somehow feel like we have a, a tough turn decision. But here sure. we are with a tough turn decision. Um, I decided to check back as well. You want to just talk about like why checking back feels seems good. Um, what what the good things what good things can happen after we check back this turn? Yeah, I think like again we have available bluffs when the turn checks through and they check the river and we jam. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they have. <laughs> the ability to bluff themselves with some kind of busted draw to try to fold out our mid pocket pairs. It's not like a, it's not a lock that, you know, we do have a 10 or a five while that's a portion of our range. It's not going to be the bulk of our range here. The the bulk of our range is going to be, you know, sixes, sevens, eights, nines, and jacks, all those pocket pairs, as well as some of the flush draws. So like if you check back, they can bluff, um, they can value they can value on themselves they they can bet aces or kings for value on the river quite reasonably um and that's that's good for us and they can also you know bluff catch if the draws break and they check so like every single option is, is like on the table for us on the river and we just kind of get to pick and choose which one we want to use based on the river and based on their action so i do that Hope for good stuff to happen on the river after checking back. River, good, there's a seven of hearts. Stuff. I think this is a good stuff. Seven of hearts. Everything breaks. Yeah. Super nice. It'd be easy if villain just jammed. <laughs> they don't. Uh, they've got half pot. This makes things good for them. I like this size for them because it, this this size makes me kind of sad. Um, why does the side make, make size make you sad? You're saying you as the as the button with with top boat. Correct. It makes me a little sad because like now I have to be jamming my bluffs at some frequency. Does villain suspect 
that I'm going to be jamming bluffs at a high frequency? Probably not. Probably not. Like it just, it feels like it can give them a path to getting off the hook with mm -hmm. their over pairs. And that's the part that like gives me pause. Yeah. That's what I was, uh, that was also a thought that went through my head in the spot was like, oh, like I think I could easily rep jams if they checked and I just got to 2x the river. Sure. Uh, oh, sorry, rep bluffs if they just checked and I got to 2x the river. This feels like a spot where, um, you know, my bluff raises on the river are going to start, start shrinking. I think just personally, I'd be a little bit more tentative or scared about bluffing facing half pot than I would facing check. Um, I or think that's third. pretty natural. Or third, yeah. probably. Yeah. Like something super tiny. Mm -hmm. um, um, so given that I don't think I'm going to have as many bluffs here, uh, or given that I don't think that I'm going to have a ton of bluffs here, and I assume, assuming that the big blind is a decent rag, he, he probably is having a similar thought. Um, yeah, it seems like jamming might just let a bunch of their value betting range off the hook. Um, should we pick a smaller raise size? Probably. Okay. Um, like something like click, I think. I actually think that like your bluffs don't want to jam either. Yeah, because our bluffs are only targeting their bluffs, right? Basically. Yeah. And but so I mean, like when... we can't have it both ways, right? We can't say that like, oh, Aces is gonna fold versus jam, and yet like we don't want to jam with our bluffs, right? Yeah. Like so I'm not sure. That that that's sort of the the innate conundrum of this scenario. Um yeah, maybe we should just have tons of bluff jams in this spot and just that's not the craziest idea. Not the craziest thing I've ever heard. Um, so maybe you should jam with value too, right? Like <laughs> Or maybe what if you what you, you could play the spot like this is like such a unique situation that like, you know, I feel like you could play the spot somewhat exploitatively. And I don't know I don't know how you'd get punished for it and just click your click your value and jam your bluffs and go for max fold equity versus aces when you Yeah. When you have I, I know six, how you get punished. <laughs> they call they call your bluff jams, and they also Fold call your. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Oh yeah, 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 <laughs> they, yeah. They call both. That that's how you get punished. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You win the minimum and lose the maximum every time. <clears throat> uh, yeah, well, then I just start clicking everything. <laughs> with, with all that said, like uh, I, I tend to. I don't know. I'm on the fence here on the river. Honestly, I, I think like my first inclination was to click. My second inclination was to jam. And now I'm just kind of like, I'll go with my first instinct of clicking it. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm still on the fence. It, this is a, it's a really tricky situation. Let's see what you did. You clicked uh, The literal click, <laughs> the actual. The, the click, I mean. 262 to 524. Yeah, I guess there isn't really, I mean, the alternative would be making it 700 something. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you click it. And they fold. Very sad. What do they fold? Some weird forget exactly. Yeah. Oh, six nine suited. That's that's a hand. <laughs> good good try, Mr. Big Blind guy. Yeah. Um well, again, kind of going back to the turn discussion, right? Like checking back gives their bluffs, gives gives them a chance to place a bet with their bluffs, and you know, mm -hmm. you Almost certainly won the max here with this extra 26 big blinds. So, yeah, well played and good try, villain. Maybe next time. Yeah. Good size on the river, though, I think. Maybe. Unless you Maybe. just call with every hand that you call, <laughs> in which case they're they're losing every time. Um, they are, like, like, really, like, the most hilarious part of this about them having this hand on the river is that they are blocking 
the fold candidates like heavily like the mid pocket pairs are like all of your fold candidates and they have a six and a nine and the rivers a seven so yeah I, I don't know that they could have like picked a worse hand out of a hat in order to try to generate folds versus mid pocket pairs here on the river um but maybe he was picking hands out of a hat you know like look at this three bet preflop to true. begin with you know, maybe we're just <laughs> we don't know maybe they are throwing darts at a chart <laughs> yeah they rolled really really high is that is that how they do it um or maybe it's low i don't i don't know how the how the rollers the rollers end up kids with, with the hands the kids these days yeah but that's going to be it for this week's episode of tactical tuesday have any thoughts or questions on the show be sure to comment like subscribe all the things john good show see you next week see you oh, next sorry. week <laughs> thanks for listening to chasing poker greatness you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or on your favorite podcast app. Go to ChasingPokerGreatness.com to get the newsletter. Join the Greatness Village community, book a coaching session, or dive into the latest data-driven poker courses. Follow the show on Twitter at CPG Podcast. The CPG Wolves. The people in Wolves are highly intelligent and they're successful. And they're not just successful in poker, they're successful in other realms of life. The coaching in general is very eye-opening. It, it doesn't take long for your biases and preconceived notions of how poker is played to be out in the open and under the reality of data. Most of us share the same values and goals. So the support and drive to help each other succeed has just been invaluable. The resources are just endless. Um, I really feel that commitment every single day. I couldn't even beat 50 NL online, and now I'm playing 500 NL. Coach John is just an absolute machine. Coach Brad is pretty much the only person that I would blindly trust to guide me through my poker career. The grass is greener on this side of the fence, and I think you just have a good time, too. Go to wolftryouts.com to apply.